I mean, this is the last stand. He's back from over a year-long radio hiatus. Well, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. We know how much you've missed him, Tennessee. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. Can you say Hail Mary? So he's bringing you an all-new podcast coming straight from the heart of Knoxville. 11 in a row, 11 in a row, 11 in a row, 11 in a row, eh, eh, 38 in a row, as in 38 unanswered points. He's the hardest working man in America that doesn't drink beer. He's looking for a woman with a good insurance policy, and you can always find him on the second floor somewhere getting shoulder rubbed. His name is John Reed, and this is Reed's Ranch. Point four, Florida, you can go to hell. Game day edition of Reed's Ranch on Wednesday, September 23rd. It's about 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Happy to be here. You don't sound very happy to be here. You sound sleepy to be here. No, I'm not sleepy. I'm not sleepy. You don't sound fired up? I'm excited. I'm excited. It's game week, bro. Glad it's finally here. My excitement has been creeping up and creeping up. It's hard to believe it's actually here after so long. Like, it's just, it's finally here. Where's your excitement at on a scale of 1 to 100? Um, 75. Okay. It keeps creeping up. It'll be, it'll be 90s by, it'll be 90 by Saturday. You got any plans for the game? No. Any part of you want to go to South Carolina? Negative, no, absolutely not. I've been twice. I have seen us lose heartbreaking games both times. I have zero. I've been to Williams Bryce Stadium. It's a concrete jungle. Where dreams are made of. I have zero desire to ever go again. I have. Uh, I was there when Lattimore it finished his career, and Tyler Bray had a an amazing day, but we lost, and I was there the last time we played there when we somehow lost after being up like 21-9 to 9 or whatever. Why'd you go 2018? Because I had, uh, he's still a really good friend of mine, um, but he was stationed in the Army in Columbia at Fort Jackson. Okay. So I spent the weekend with him, but now he lives um, like less than a mile from me, so I see him all the time, and I don't have to drive to Columbia to see him. Well, that's convenient for you and him. And Columbia. So we got to go to that fun game together, and it was like, it was Tennessee was playing really well. I went back and looked at the box score of the game earlier this week. Tennessee was up like double digits, and Will was like, Dan, Tennessee's playing really well. And I remember laughing and just being like, yeah, Tennessee's going to lose this game. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's like, just watch. And they did. They did. That is one of the more frustrating, frustrating games. It doesn't really get talked about enough. I mean, it's not heartbreaking, whatever, the 2018 season. I guess that was the difference between a bowl game and not. But we played really well for about three of those quarters. Yeah, it, it's, it might be, to me, the most frustrating game of Pruitt's tenure. Not that it was the most, like, like it wasn't the worst loss. It wasn't the, the biggest, like, most impactful loss or whatever. But, like, that game was his first year, and he had a chance... game 
who knows what would happen the rest of the year if we had won that game. You know, get some momentum going. Players don't quit or whatever. But yeah, that was a very frustrating loss. I mean, that that was it. At that point, we hadn't beaten South Carolina in in, in quite a while. I guess it had been since 2015. So it had been like, what, three year? Yeah. So it just sucks to lose to them, period. Like, that's an underrated loss because they're not a rival or whatever, but you should, you just, you never like losing to South Carolina, period. Like, that's always a shitty loss. Yeah, there's almost no, no circumstances where that feels good. Yeah, even when they were so good and when they, they finished that year ranked like fourth or whatever, that year we beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just almost like no reason to ever lose to him. We're not going to lose to him on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that's not, not nervous that's about... That's not going to happen. Like, I'm not nervous. I was actually talking with uh, about this with Chad, patron brother Chad, uh, not Chad Fields. He's not affiliated with Chad Fields. He's just Chad. Chad Fields is not affiliated with Reed's Ranch. Yeah, Chad Fields is not affiliated with Reed's Ranch. This Chad, however, was our first patron, and he grew up around you. In the same part of East Tennessee, and he is a fine young Christian man. He lives in South Carolina, actually. His wife is a South Carolina alum. Hashtag doxing. But we were like, he was like, are we more nervous about South Carolina, or are we more nervous about just the unknown? And I was like, I'm just more nervous about the unknown. Like, nothing about South Carolina scares me. This quarterback doesn't scare me. He wasn't very good at Colorado State. Um, his last full year there, he, he wasn't good. Uh, they don't have their running back. One of their top three wide receivers is not going to be eligible because he's transferred twice in one year and they're not going to grant him eligibility. I think he was denied last night for good. So I, I'm not worried about like South Carolina. Like I'm worried about just the unknown. I mean, uh, According to VolQuest, I did listen to the VolQuest podcast this week, actually. Just That's how I know it's game time. Seth's back listening to the podcast. And they said the only two offensive linemen that have not missed practice were um, Darnell Wright and Jameer Johnson, maybe. Jameer putting that work in. That's why he got the ore on the depth chart, baby. And now one of them is Trey Smith, who's not practicing for non-COVID-related reasons. Um, I, I, I honestly thought I thought Darnell Wright had been out some, but I was but I, I was wrong. He hasn't been. But I mean, that's that's just two linemen out of a rotation of eight. Yeah, the big news today, Cade Mays. I guess not news, but Greg Sankey basically was like, "Hey, I like the rule the way it is," essentially. That rule is that you can't transfer in your conference and not sit out a year. So basically saying Gatewood at Kentucky, that safety at Ole Miss, and Cade Mays at Tennessee are all just kind of shit out of luck when it comes to eligibility this year. Now, it's not official, and Pruitt said, hey, we're going to take it all the way down to when we get on the plane. I saw where uh, Stoops still feels good about Gatewood's chances, so it's not over yet, but... Sankey made comments basically like, I got to protect those rules. That's the rules people put in place. Yeah, I had just I had just seen Stoops' comment, which I didn't know if him was just posturing, if that was him trying to put a little bit of pressure on the SEC, because I think he said, uh, we're so confident that the right decision will be made or whatever. Um, maybe this is on me. Maybe this is my fault. But I honestly had no idea that the SEC was going to be as big a hurdle as the NCAA. 
Yeah, no, I, I equate it to like getting permission from one of your parents to do something, but they're like, yeah, go ask your other parent, knowing that they're going to say no. Yeah, I, I, maybe this is on me, because I did not know throughout all this, throughout this whole saga of the last eight months, six, eight months, however long it's been, I had no idea that the SEC was considered just as big a hurdle to to climb as the NCAA. I, I had no idea. I thought last week, I believe the day after we did the podcast last week, Cade Mays was cleared by the NCAA, and I was like, good, I look like an idiot. I look like a, an idiot for saying I didn't think he would be cleared. Hey, look at me, I'm Seth, I got such a big brain, but now I'm wrong. And I was like, I was, I, you know... And then I saw that caveat. They're still waiting hey, on the everybody, SEC. I was wrong. I said Cape Mays wasn't getting cleared. I was wrong. And it doesn't happen often. So everyone, It doesn't happen often. I'm so smart, but I was wrong. My haters, there are a few. Pull out your notebooks and go ahead and put another incident down of me being wrong. Entry number three, I was wrong. But And I saw the caveat about the SEC, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought, well, if the NCAA clears them, then the SEC is going to be cool with, like, their parent organization. Oh, but no, of course not. Greg Sankey is going to flex his muscles a little bit. For really, I don't really understand why he's doing it when, again, the, the rule is going to change. That That's the dumbest thing. Now, maybe the rule is just going to change for non-intra-conference transfers next year. I don't know. Maybe the SEC is still going to have this rule on the books next year. I don't know. And so you're going to be a, you're going to have a one-time transfer without penalty but it has to be out of the conference. Shouldn't the NCAA be mad as hell? Like why are you wasting my time with all these SEC waivers like if you're not even going to clear them like can't you step up and block these first? Shouldn't they check with the conference first? It does seem dumb that I mean ostensibly the NCAA is the SEC's parent organization. It does seem stupid that it didn't work its way up the chain of command. It went straight to the top. You don't go to the Supreme Court first and then turn around and go back to like a different lower judge. That's not usually how it works, right? Yeah, correct. You you have to go up the chain of command. Like, uh, why would Tennessee, you know, go around the middleman here when the middleman is at least is apparently in this more case, important? Is, is just as powerful. Like, you know, he can't be overruled by his parents. So, yeah, I mean, really, like. Seems dumb as hell. It seems like nobody knows that this was, because it's not just Tennessee. I mean, normally we would say, look, Tennessee's being stupid again. But it's not just us. The, the other two people that are in this situation did the same thing. We have company in the, dumb, in, the, in the dumb bus. So it's not just Tennessee. The stupid train. Obviously here. The moron mobile. Tennessee thought. I mean, they're not so. Dumb. I don't have any more. I don't know if you're pausing. Uh, no, right now. I, I was just thinking of what I want to say. So Pruitt said they're going to go up until kickoff, basically. Uh, well, he said until I got on the plane. So like Friday morning, I would say uh, they're flying out Friday morning, is what I was told. So he said he's going to wait until they get on the plane, which I imagine you can't take like those players on the road with you. So like he wouldn't travel if yeah, he's not on the team. And I would think, yeah, you got to carry everybody. You carry has to be able to play, right? In this current climate, I mean, sure. What? Yeah, I mean, the good news is, is that, I mean, we have Jerome Carvin, Karon Calvert, and Darnell Wright. So we got three good players. I feel comfortable saying all three of those guys are good. I'm not saying they're spectacular. I'm not saying they're great. I feel comfortable in saying that all three of them are good. And, I mean, our 
Offensive line totally turned around last year when they started playing Jerome Carvin against Mississippi State at right guard. They were going to redshirt him, and then they put him in there, and he started crushing people. And so, I don't know. I mean, uh, Austin Price said on the podcast on Monday that he thought they predicted the offensive line. His prediction for the offensive line was that Wanya Morris was going to come out as a starting left tackle because he of a great last 10 days of fall camp where he'd actually been able to practice. Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Carvin, and Cade Mays at right tackle. So, Price seemed to think Carvin was going to play right guard, period. Which now, obviously, Carvin will be your right guard, regardless. We'll see what the offensive line does. I don't think South Carolina has this you know big scary defensive line that we should be worried about. Like I don't think it'll matter game one. I mean, didn't their good defensive lineman, didn't he go pro? Didn't he leave? Didn't they have one last year? I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. Just forget I've said anything. They might not even have had one last year. Somebody surely knows if they had a good defensive lineman last year. I mean, I know they signed that five-star defensive lineman. Jordan Birch or whatever, yeah. I, they, he went to the 49ers. Okay, yeah, okay. I, th- I thought he was gone. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I can't remember his name. So he obviously wasn't that great, but he was pretty good. Um so, yeah, I'm not like I'm not scared of South Carolina. It's just the unknown. I think that Tennessee, if they just don't make stupid mistakes, right? It's not going to take a great game from Tennessee to win. Like just don't turn the ball over, be able to run the ball. And it is as it always is with Garantano. You don't have to hit the hard passes, man. You just can't miss the easy ones. What do you want the first play of the game to be offensively? I want the ball in Eric Gray's hands. Just a nice little handoff to Eric Gray. I, uh, I would say a swing pass, but we all know no, how that went no, last year. No, so not no, a swing pass. No, no swing passes. So no, 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 no. A toss. I just want the ball in his hands. Direct snap. Okay. The little wildcat action. I want the ball either in Eric Gray's hands or being thrown to Josh Palmer. In the chat, we were asked what the funniest result from play number one would be. We've had two really shitty play number ones the last two years. I mean, the funniest play number one would be a pick six, undoubtedly. I think the funniest play is if JG dropped back and dropped a dime on play action. <laughs> it's a 60-yard bomb in the air. <laughs> okay, that would be, I mean, that was funny enough that it made me genuinely laugh out loud. That one, that, that one would be pretty damn funny. It told all the haters to suck his dick, just drops a bomb. And then we have our Joe Burrow season off and running, baby. That would be pretty damn funny. I would just cackle like a maniac if JG dropped back and threw an absolute bomb to to Josh Palmer. Just right on the money. Similar to like, uh, get a little rollout action like like, uh, Patrick Mahomes did against the Chargers. Yeah. Just flings it 50 yards down the field right in stride. I would cackle like a maniac. That would be the funniest one to me. It would be hysterical. You remember in Kiffin's year when Crompton came out against Georgia and just started just like he just put it he just put it on the table. He actually put it in their face. And just after sucking for like five games, just came out and just whipped Mark Rick's ass out of nowhere. Uh-huh. It would be pretty funny if Garantano did did that. That would be pretty damn funny. And then he points over to Will Muschamp and just points at him. Just like Gary Bertier and remember the Titans. That would be pretty damn funny. That's the funniest one to me. The pick six, yeah, I mean. I mean, if the pick six happens, I will laugh. I will laugh too. I will laugh too. But it wouldn't make me laugh more than him just dropping an absolute dime. Yeah. 
I'm a glass half full guy, buddy. I don't know if you know this. Positive content only in the Discord. I am a positive guy. I mean, I feel, this is crazy. I will regret saying this. I don't feel terrible about Garantano. Honestly, I don't. Tano. Tano. Are we Are we calling him correctly now? I mean, did he not win five straight games in the year? Okay, okay, I'm just asking. I mean, did he win five straight games with the busted up wrist? I'm just asking the brain trust what we're doing, okay? Did he lead a game-winning touchdown drive to win the historic, iconic Gator Bowl against he Indiana? He did lead that drive, buddy. He did lead that drive. Two drives. He led two drives in like six minutes to win the iconic, legendary Gator Bowl. So please, for the love of God, put some respect on his name, Garantano. I actually don't feel terrible about Jared Garantano. I will regret saying this 100%. But when the floor is so low, when the floor is so low, when the floor is basically, hey man, don't miss a wide open tight end on a seam route like you did in the swamp that makes your offensive linemen visibly groan with their like you can just tell that they are groaning just the dejection by their by their physical reaction just don't be that guy it's hard not to feel good about them it's hard not to feel okay like just be the guy against like missouri and kentucky and vandy just be that dude i feel okay about him time to get some patron questions patreon.com slash reads ranch no new patrons this week Hate all you guys that listen that aren't patrons. Don't love you right now. Love the patrons, as always. Patreon.com slash Reads The game thread should be popping on Saturday as we overreact and live and die with each play. Uh, as we're looking kind of at the schedule, Logie wants to know, this is a part of the news of the week. Do you see what happens with the students and their ticket selection, Seth? Yeah, so they, there's two packages, right? There's Group A, there's Group B. Group A is Missouri, Kentucky, and A&M. Group B, Alabama, and Florida. You get one game out of each group. Logie wants to know, if you were a student, what would you pick? You get one game out of each group. Yep. First group is Mizzou, Kentucky, and A&M. I would be choosing... Take your time. No, No rush. Kentucky and Florida, Kentucky and Florida. Kentucky and Florida? Yeah, because I I would rather have A&M and Florida, but I don't want to wait that long to go to a game. (laughs) I want to make sure at least one game I go to before the season's like down the drain if like something catastrophic were to happen. So I'm going to go Kentucky and Florida. I think I would go Kentucky and Alabama. Simply for the fact that like, if there's one game that's going to get canceled this year, it's probably going to be a Florida game. Yeah. So is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that how it went down at UT? Yep, that's how it went down. Interesting. And always, like you could also like, if you wanted to go to the Florida game, you could still try to buy a ticket. Yeah. But I'll go ahead and lock in Alabama if I could. And Kentucky out of that first group is probably the, the right answer. Yeah. I think the Kentucky game is the right answer there. G-Man wants a game-by-game schedule breakdown. Okay. Let me put those schedule. I can do that for G-Man. Been with us a long time. Of course, I can do this for him. G-Man is a brother. I will do it for G-Man. Love G-Man. That's why we're going to do it. So let me pull up Tennessee's schedule. Okay, we'll start with number one. We have uh, at South Carolina. Tennessee wins. 
24 to 14. I don't think you have to get the score, but you I am. I am for this game. No, now you got to give it for every game. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, there's no rules. He didn't put constraints on us. I'm putting the constraints on. If you want to show off for this game and be Mr. Braggadocious, although well, great performance. it's impossible. It's impossible to pick scores for a game where like half our team might be out. We don't know if half our team's going to be out on Saturday. Well, we have a better idea than we do of the not Texas really. A&M game. We do. We not do. not really. We do. We could wake up on Saturday morning and half the damn team could be out. They could. I'm 24-14 this weekend. Great performance by Jeremy Pruitt's defense. Yeah, I think they're going to be stout as hell. I think we score at least 27 points. Okay, I respect that. Uh, please note, the very first person to say Tennessee's wide receivers were going to be better this year than last. Was you. Was you. Please note that. Please it note was that. you. Mark it down whenever you see our receivers running wild and we score at least 27 points. Will Muschamp is going to be so mad. Will Muschamp needs to ditch the glasses, by the way. Yeah, they're a little too old manish. He's going to be yeah, so they, mad when he watched South Carolina native Jalen Hyatt just. He, Jalen Hyatt's so fast, Will won't even be able to see him unless he puts the glasses on. If I see Will Muschamp on Saturday wearing the glasses, Tennessee will win by no less than 20 points. Okay. That's fair. 17 points. 17 he always points. wears them, right? To, to read the play sheet. I don't feel like he did back in like a couple years ago, did hey, he? No, he didn't. No, they're, they're a new thing. They're a new thing. Okay, I was going to say, no, not when he was a maniac running around. Now it makes him look like an old man. He looks like he's lost his edge. He looks like a dead man walking. If I see Will Muschamp show up in glasses on Saturday, Vols by 17, minimum. Minimum. Do you think Jeremy Pruitt would wear glasses on the sideline? No, I don't even think Jeremy Pruitt reads. He would look at. He would say, "I don't need to look at the play sheet. I got the plays memorized." Jeremy Pruitt doesn't read. Blitz left, blitz right. That's my place. I'm not even saying that as an insult. He's a football guy. I picked up a new book today. I got a new book to read today. I'm excited to crack it open as after this podcast. I do read, but not with glasses. The moment I need glasses is the when my reading days end. One of the best things I got, Seth, is my vision. That's right. 24-14, Vols over the Cox, Seth Seth Hughes. Week two, home opener, Mizzou. 30-10, Vols. Week three, on the road, Athens, Georgia. JT Daniels still not medically cleared. Well, I mean, I'm, he might be by week three, but he's not heading into week one. Yes, I'm going to say Tennessee loses a close one at Georgia because I think we can stop them. I think they will be able to stop us a little bit more. How about 17-7, Georgia? 17-7, Jesus. Not feeling real good about our offense against them. We will score at least 17 points. Okay. 2017, Georgia is how I feel right now. I'm, I am... 23-17, Georgia is how I feel right now. I'm looking forward to watching them Saturday. I'm not. They're playing Arkansas. No, I just want to see Dewan Mathis, how he looks. They still have not named a starter, right? I mean, it's Mathis, obviously. It's Mathis, obviously, yeah, but. If, if Daniels is cleared, I'd imagine he'll be the starter, but I guess we don't know at this point. The good thing is the SEC gave them a week one tune-up where they don't even have to worry about it. They could play me or you at quarterback and still be fine. It's very cool. Good work by Sankey. Eat shit, buddy. Go do some They could definitely step. win with me or you playing quarterback, right? Yes. 
I can connect on a three-yard toss. I can toss it to the left or the right three yards away. That's all they're going to need to do to beat Arkansas. Yeah. Yes, sir. Poor Pittman. What a bad way to have to start. Maybe Kirby will take it easy on him, though. You think Kirby takes it easy on him this week? They're favored by 26. You think Georgia covers? No, I don't think Georgia covers. I would imagine he's not going to try to run the clock up on his boy. Or, excuse me, the game up on his boy. I would think Kirby is just going to try to get out of there healthy, fully healthy. 23-17, Georgia. That's how I'm feeling. Uh, Back at home, October 17th. Against Kentucky. W. It's too far out to predict a score, but W. Big win. Throw your W's up. W next. October 24th. I believe that it says the third Saturday in October. Indeed. It is actually the fourth. Incorrect. Third, tenth, seventeenth, twenty-four, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Producer cut that out. Tennessee, Alabama, who you got? I mean, there's five damn Saturdays in October this year. Isn't that crazy? Works out that way every now and then. If Tennessee is is relatively healthy at this point, and it's and it's three and one, like we have predicted, no huge injuries, no huge contact tracing. Oh no! Oh no! Keep going! Whoa! 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 Are you serious? I think they can be. I. I yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they can win. No. Not that they can win. I'm predicting a W. I'm predicting a W. You're throwing the dubs up. I'm predicting a W. Like you're fucking Mac Dre and Easy E, and you're screaming West Side. Yep, like I'm in Compton. I think that's who you're talking about. Don't act like you don't know. I think Easy E was was uh, NWA. I don't know that other guy. I don't know that other guy. I don't know that other guy. For sure. That's most people probably don't. That's fine. But you know Easy e Yeah, I know. Didn't he die of AIDS? He did? That is correct. Is that why you know him? No, I was just asking because I thought for some reason he had. Rap Games Freddie Mercury. Yeah. He died of AIDS, right? Yes, correct. He was a homosexual. Straight people die of AIDS, too. He, he also, but you know, during the 80s, it was, you know, we all know, we all know the AIDS epidemic. You know, Freddie Mercury had four extra teeth, and that is why he was able to hit higher notes that other people were physically unable to hit, because his mouth was actually larger because of his extra teeth. Was it the, like, he just didn't get his wisdom teeth cut out? No, he was born with, like, extra molars or something. Like, he had just had extra teeth. Like, he was born with, like, four extra teeth than, than me and you have. That's why he could sing. That's why he could. That's why he could sing differently than, like it. It, it was like a physical, like gift. Addition. He was put on this earth I to mean, sing. It was a gift from God. The AIDS, not so much. No, that was probably more the devil. You know, Queen is a very. They were a very uh, intellectual band. Uh, Brian May, I believe, is his name. Has a PhD in astrophysics. He was their drummer and guitarist. That's a good band. Good band. Queen's a good band. But I'm predicting a W against Alabama. I'm predicting a W the next weekend at Arkansas. Hapless Arkansas. They suck. Hold on. I'm the host here. Oh, yeah. You haven't predicted yet. Um, Now, keep in mind, I did say we were going to beat Alabama first. 
You did, yeah. I was the first person to say that. Granted, that was when they had like eight straight games. And we were coming off a of bye week, but for now, I will tentatively schedule a loss. Although you got me thinking, you got me thinking. Do you just don't think Alabama's going to be as good this year, or are we just are we just ready to beat them? I think Pruitt is going to get one game this and year. You think it's going to? You picked okay, so you think it's going to be Alabama? I'm picking Alabama. I think the team is finally ready. Like especially wow. the especially wow. especially the starters. That's why I prefaced it with like people being out and stuff because the depth still isn't there, right? We talked about this last week. Depth's still not there. I think that the 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 eleven on each side, the the top eleven on each side, I think they're ready. I think Tennessee can handle them, can handle their defensive line. I think Tennessee can handle them in the trenches on the offensive side. I think our secondary is excellent. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be great. Um, I think Tennessee's just finally ready to take that next step. Are you going to tell your friends in Alabama this? No, I'm not. So you're not going to like go out telling everybody that Tennessee's going to beat them? You're just going to hope it happens and then play them this podcast where you predicted it on September 23rd? Well, I'm not going to be an asshole to them, correct, yes. Bye week. Tennessee gets the W. <laughs> Bye week's favored by seven over Tennessee. Those <laughs> days are gone. Those days are gone, thankfully. November 7th at Arkansas. W. Next. November 14th. Kevin Sumlin and Kellen Mond <laughs> come to Knoxville, Texas A&M. I think Tennessee will lose that game. Wow. Wow. What a letdown. We beat Kentucky. We beat Alabama. We beat Arkansas. We're riding a three-game winning streak in Knoxville, November 14th, and we lose to Texas A&M. God, it feels like 2016 all over again. I don't know if I've been thinking about this. I was saying about this last night. I, we just really don't know enough yet. Like, is Auburn the best, the team that's most ripe for an upset of the four? I, they might be. I mean, with Pruitt's history and with them losing so much on the defensive line, like, I I still think Texas A&M probably is just because I don't think Kelman's great and they're on the road. And by that time, if they have a couple of losses, what happens? The, the, the key to me with Texas A&M has have they learned how to win? I honestly. I feel more confident in saying Tennessee's learned how to win more than A&M has. Because Tennessee had to grind out some victories last year. We know how to win. Five in a row. Second longest win streak in the country of any Power 5 school. Trailing only LSU. We are winners. We are winners. And I don't know if Kevin Sumlin's any good. Or I don't know if, I does say Kevin I don't know if, uh, does I say Kevin Sumlin earlier too? You Jimbo said, Fisher. I thought you were being sarcastic at first when you said Kevin Sumlin and Kellen Mond. I was just like rolling with it. But I mean, honestly, what's the di- what's been the difference between Kevin Sumlin and Jimbo Fisher to this point? Since Jameis Winston retired, there's not one. That, there's been no difference. Not since Jameis Winston went to the NFL. There's been no difference between Jimbo and Sumlin. 
I got Tennessee beating Texas A&M. Please let everyone know that. I am not agreeing to a loss to Texas A&M. Seth is, I'm not. You just lost the crowd, bro. You had them pumped up. You had them beating Alabama. And then you just said we lay a fucking egg to Texas A&M. God. November 21st on the Plains at Auburn. Ew. Loss. I choose to believe that, uh, I don't know, uh, yeah. This schedule sucks ass, man, like. You gotta lose one of the A&M or Auburn game, right? You have I don't get, to, like, I mean. I don't want to get, I don't want to get penciled in at eight and two here, so yeah, you gotta lose one of these. Uh, yeah, I'll say lost. Although, picking, picking Jeremy Pruitt to lose to Malzahn just makes me sick. It does, and like, that's another thing, like, at some point, Malzahn is just gonna get lucky and beat Pruitt. It is what it is. It is what it is. I don't like that. Don't like that at all. No, I don't like picking us to lose to A&M either. I mean, I I do like, I don't think they're that great either. I think their preseason ranking is, I think their, their, their preseason ranking was inflated before COVID-19 hit and you had to take out the Big Ten teams and the Pac-12 teams. I don't even know if any Pac-12 teams are ranked. They shouldn't have been, but if they were, I will. I think A&M was ranked too high to begin with. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't see it. But like this schedule sucks ass. I'm not gonna be a. I'm not gonna be like some dude that proceeds to go to eight, eight and two. All right. Like I mean, we know what the schedule is. Like enjoy and cherish every game that we have. Okay. And every Saturday morning, actually every morning, you know, the first thing you need to do is to choose joy. And when we beat Alabama, we celebrate the highs. And if we lose to a And M at home. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. This season was always going to be a nightmare. Just remember that. After every loss, this season was always going to be a nightmare. If we lose, it doesn't really count. If we win, good win. If we win, we get to talk shit to the other teams. If we lose, it doesn't really count. It's a pandemic, bro. Yeah. Will you be mad if we lose to South Carolina? Or will you just say it's a pandemic, bro? Because I feel like I, if we lose, I'll just say it's a pandemic. Correct. Because that's the only reasonable explanation. I assume we both have us beating Vanderbilt. Correct. End of the season, senior day, if you want it to be senior day. Otherwise, you can come back to school. Florida. Seth. Do we beat Florida. No. Oh my God! What are you doing here? So Alabama's the only good win we have this year. Yeah. Okay. Beating everybody, you have to beat. Going six and four with a win over Alabama. Yeah. People would take that. People would be happy with that. I mean, I listen. I will say though, if, if my if my first uh, one, two, three, if my first five games, we'll say six, it's going to be Arkansas. If my first six game prediction is correct, then hey, I mean, seven and three is right there. You know, I mean, seven and three is right there. I mean, I could easily see Pruitt shutting down A and M on offense. 
I could easily see Pruitt shutting down Malzahn on offense again. Let's grab a couple questions, more questions right quick. Uh, the real Bryce wants to know which freshman you're most excited to see. Mine is Jalen Hyatt, probably. <laughs> Jalen Hyatt. Is there a number two? Uh, Tyler Barron has been making some waves lately. Okay. Mine's still Jalen Hyatt. I'm going to go with Tyler Barron as two because okay. he's going to play Saturday night. Kanye Twitty asked, who would be the single worst player to be out for COVID tracing? Yeah, he said to a Totoa, and I would say that is correct. I would say Trey Smith because I would be concerned that he was going to die. Okay, that's true, too. Way to, way to put him above the team. Way to put him above yourself, John. You care more about him than team winning. I care much more about him than the team. We do want Trey to stay healthy at all costs. We love yeah, Trey. I, we don't I deserve do. Trey. We, we don't deserve Trey. I would, yeah, I would much rather be uh, him be healthy than us win. Uh, Jake asked, would I trade a Titans win for a Vols win this weekend? We're playing the Vikings. They're desperate. They're 0-2. Their season's on the line. Um, Titans are 2-0. We're a game up in the division. We've already got a division win. I don't like having to make deals with the devil, the sports devil, but I would say that I would take a Titans loss for a Vols win this week. Now, if you ask me next week, I would say no. Titans play the Steelers week four. I would not trade a Vols win for a Titans win. Or vice. I, I, I would not give the Titans. I would not sacrifice the Titans for the Vols next week. This week, yes. Next week, no. Are the Vikings, are their woes thus far this year entirely upon Kirk Cousins? No, nah, their defense sucks too. They're a mess. I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, they're so bad that they're 0 and 2 and that, the, like, the Vegas isn't giving them any love this weekend. Like, Vegas doesn't even think they have one left in the tank. Hail Mary. Well, they're only two and a half point underdogs against a 2 and 0 team. So, I mean, like, they're giving them respect, but, like, you can't make them the favorites. Or you can't make them the favorites. Yeah, everyone will take the Titans in that respect. Um, I thought they were getting a decent amount of at least they got a chance to win at home. But you're right. They. I mean, uh, this is a team that won a playoff game last year. They are, but they also got rid of Diggs and completely redid their whole team and or their whole secondary, and Daniel Hunter is out, and uh, they just look like to be in shambles, and Kirk Cousins looks awful. But So to answer Jake's question, yes, I would sacrifice the Titans this week against the Vikings. I would not sacrifice the Titans next week against the Steelers. I want to beat the Steelers. Stephon Diggs is still good at football. Just Congratulations to your Buffalo Bills. He's a stud. He is. Um, he's still very good at football. Just to think, in case anyone was wondering, he is still very, very good. DF wants to know: Does JG start every game this year? No injury and no COVID. Yes. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he got. Beat. I do not even get the feeling that it was anywhere even close to being a question in terms of fall camp. Like, yeah, JT no, Shroud beat you, out. We could have we could have said the same thing last year. So yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah, if that yeah, matters. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose joy and and uh, build upon what I said about JG earlier. I think he is past where he was this time last year, and I think he has developed into a very average starting SEC quarterback and will stay there. Kilby wants to know percentage wise how will touches be distributed between Gray Chandler and the field? I will say, I assume by the field he means running backs. I will say that Gray ends up with 65% of the touches. Let's call it 60% of the touches. Chandler, 35. Field, 5. Yeah, I don't – I mean, D. Beckwith's not, not, not traveling now. He is not. 
So who is our goal line running back? Is it Crouch again? I hope it might not. still be Crouch again. But I don't know who else they have. Um, we will also press F for Carlin Phil Ami this fall. He is choosing to sit out and might come back in January. Um, he graduated in like 2014 or something from high school. I mean, it's like 2015. Like it's really absurd at this point, but he might we come love, back. Hopefully he doesn't touch the field in South Carolina. Cause I remember in 2016 when he did, that's where we're ending this. Let's get out of here. I want to go take a nap before the basketball game. Anything else you want to go off your chest, Seth? No, Vols will win. We'll talk again next week. Um, Vols will be 1-0. Titans will be 3-0. Bills will be 3-0. We'll be in football heaven still. Yes, correct. I love you all. I do love you all. I'm thankful for you all. Before we go, um, I missed the email. It just came through. Shout out to new $5 patron, Gunner Odell. Shout out to Gunner Odell. We do love you, and we appreciate you. He is spared from the hate that I sent everyone else. South Carolina will be wearing all black for Saturday night's opener against Tennessee. Congrats. That is gay. Tennessee will win easily Saturday night. South Carolina wearing black to their own funeral. Am I right? You are right. You are love correct. You. I love Talk you, too. Talk to you next week. 1-0. 1-0. 3-0. 3-0. Although I think the Rams might get the Bills this week. I think they will, too. But, you know. Anyways. See ya. Later. Bye-bye. It's the worst that it's been since the last time it happened. It's happening again right in front of our eyes. There's updated footage, wild speculation, tall tales and hearsay and absolute lies. Being passed off as factual, when actually the actual causes all from enjoying our evening shoving its roots through the screens in our face now what would you get if you heard my opinion conjecturing on matters that I ain't never dreamed in all my born days as a white boy from Hickman Based on the way that the world's been to me It's called me belligerent It's took me for ignorant But it ain't never once made me scared just to be Could you imagine just constantly worrying Kicking and fighting Stark raving anger, looking for answers and on to the teeth. Thirty odd sixes, Papa's old pistol. How many you reckon would it be? Four or five? Or would that be the start of a long violent hit?
history of tucking our tails as we tried to abide. Oh, would that be the start of a long violent history of tucking our tails as we tried to abide?